At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dad, before we get to that, we mentioned uh, we've got Charlotte obviously joining us here momentarily, but... We've also got a new family member joining us around here at Gojo and Golik. We would like to welcome in our new bud, Claudia Bellafato, who joins us now. You've seen her as the betting analyst over at Nesson before on the MLB Network. Claudia, what's going on holding it down in the studio in Boston? Hey, guys. Yeah, I'm doing my best, keeping the seat warm for Jesse as hopefully she pops out that baby soon. Uh, excited to be here and hanging out with I you I don't want to Baja <laughs> blast this baby. Yeah. Yes, I would say we're <laughs> still no on baby watch, as Claudia rightly points out. Yeah. We've got no new news about Jesse, about the Baja Blast status of this baby, but uh, we've got Claudia in here, which is going to be awesome. A lot of great sports betting insight, especially uh, uh, from her, in addition to everything else that we're going to do around here. So uh, fun to have someone new in the mix around here. Like we said, Charlotte will join in, and they'll make it even better when we get to the second hour here. And in the meantime, we can get to uh, a lot of news that we saw yesterday, guys. It feels like we're watching 2023 on repeat all over again. I had to go and check the date because when I opened up the timeline yesterday and started to see the headlines from ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter about running backs once again in a precarious financial situation oh. in the NFL, I thought I was taking crazy pills. All yesterday, we get the announcements almost copy-paste one after the other that Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, and Josh Jacobs would all be set to become free agents, that their teams would opt to not franchise tag them this upcoming season and would, in some cases, look to potentially explore a long-term deal if it made sense with teams. But, Dad, a year later now, after what we saw unfolding this season, was any part of this result surprising to you with these backs in particular? Well, I mean, the, the one thing you could do, obviously, because it's such a low amount, if you're looking, if you don't want to tag someone who's going to be a higher amount, we keep talking about like the Chris Jones, Legereus Sneed for the Chiefs situation. It, it's always going to be a low number. I think it's like, what, 12 or 14 million for a running back to tag. But I, I unfortunately don't think that that position 
has gotten um, is going to get rich all of a sudden. We just talked yesterday about how the uh, salary cap went up to a record high, two hundred what fifty four million dollars, and will the backs get any of that? And the backs are going to change. You mentioned guys that aren't getting tagged: Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard. They're not. Tennessee's not going to tag Derrick Henry. Same Austin Echo is going to be a free agent, as well as DeAndre Swift, A.J. Dillon, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, J.K. Dobbins, and others. So you're going to see the running back musical chairs this year. Unfortunately for them, still kind of on the cheap. You look at the last deal that was over 10 mil a year, that was Jonathan Taylor, who did it last year. Before that, Mike, you go back to 2020. When Christian McCaffrey signed the $64 million deal, when Alvin Kamara signed the $75 million deal, those are your two highest, 16 and 15, CMC and Kamara, as far as average annual salary. And then it goes down into the 13s, the 12s. I I, I don't see big contracts going out. I mean, we we talked, as I said, we talked about it yesterday with the cap. Will guys get bigger numbers because of that? And I just think teams are going to learn how to spread it out more more than all of a sudden say, yeah, you know what? You running backs have been underpaid, so we're going to start to pay you now. Unfortunately for that position, I don't see it happening. Yeah, I think there's going to be an uphill battle because it's supply and demand issues. So what we've always talked about is running back is a position that has been inundated with a lot of quality guys you've been able to find at varying levels of the draft. And we've got the draft coming up here now. And while I don't know if it's the deepest class ever, there's still some compelling names in here. Jonathan Brooks out of Texas, Trey Benson from Florida State, our boy Audric Estime out of Notre Dame, all of whom are going to be able to come in and I think immediately impact teams in some way. And for a lot of these other guys, Dad, they're running into the problem where people are looking at running back and the specific age and kind of this cliff that we see in guys' late 20s. That's why if we're looking out at this group, Guys like Josh Jacobs, guys like Tony Pollard, who are only 26, might have some chance. I think Josh Jacobs, if there's one guy I was going to bet was going to find his way to a multi-year payday coming off of this offseason, it would probably be Josh Jacobs. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was right there in Las Vegas, considering the foundation they're trying to build for a new quarterback that they're breaking in. But, Dad, everyone else now, I I said this after last offseason, and I think it's going to be true this year, is... I'm fascinated to see now what the running backs themselves prioritize, meaning, all right, these guys, because of what we saw in the league as a trend this year, we're running the football had been pretty back as far as a mainstay of a lot of offenses that were successful into the postseason. Are these guys going to prioritize trying to get still as much money as they can out of the situation, which is absolutely their right. Or are we going to see guys all of a sudden start to pick and choose a little bit and say, all right, if I can get myself onto a contender, if I can be a guy that's in a tandem that doesn't have to shoulder the load of all the carries since I'm not going to be paid like a bell cow. And then are we going to see these guys actually find up, wind up on some teams and kind of have that Christian McCaffrey like effect where, Hey, if you plug one of these high end running backs into a team like the Buffalo bills, all of a sudden, who knows what else that offense becomes capable of, especially from what we saw at the back half of last season. I, I agree, and there's a few running backs that fit that mold. And I agree about Josh Jacobs. I think I think he's going to end up back uh, with the Raiders. Uh, but the guys like Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, these are three guys who I would think, and again, it all depends on the money. There, Obviously, everybody's looking for as much money as they can get. But three guys right off the top of my head that I could say you want to put on that contending team because what they can do, Derrick Henry gives you such a great – you know, running attack 
you know, a two-headed monster, a monster Austin Eckler out of the backfield and what he can do. Saquon Barkley doing them both, running and catching the ball out of the backfield. But, you know, I, I think you'll get, you'll get kind of the, the temperature of the running back position when these guys are free agents. Because I mentioned a bunch of names. There's a lot of them. So there's going to be a domino effect, right? Some are going to be obviously more expensive than others. But none, I think, are going to have this incredible draw on your salary cap. So um, I, I do think, you know, those ones I mentioned early on will will look to go to contenders. If you're not going to get the big bag, which I don't think they're going to get, you know, why not go to a team? None of these guys have won a title. So and, and those would be the ones I would look at to to add to my arsenal of a contending team. And a reminder, the running back market been pretty stagnant. Like we mentioned, Jonathan Taylor was able to cash in for multiple years this right. last season with that three-year $42 million extension, which is probably going to be in line with if Josh Jacobs does get a payday, you make it a little bit above whatever the franchise tag was going to be over multiple years. You guarantee the first couple of them and maybe a little bit of extra change while these guys are in the primes of their career. And then unfortunately, after that, it becomes a little bit of a crapshoot where a guy like Derrick Henry, even being considered in this way at 30 years old and going into this portion of his career with as many miles on his body as Derrick Henry has is a gross outlier. That guy's a physical freak. I watched his offseason workout videos. I'm scared as hell. By the way, that was the first person I thought of during the Cam Newton fight video yesterday when all these morons were out here thinking, oh, yeah, scrapping with Cam <laughs> Newton good life choice that I want to make is that we are not that far standard deviation point wise from somebody in public feeling like it's good to fight a Derrick Henry because they're basically the same. Oh. Hell cam is even bigger than Derrick Henry. And yet I would imagine nobody would have the, I mean, just sheer moron built into their DNA enough to try and fight King Henry in public. But at this point, apparently dad, everything's on the table. Yeah, I, that would be I, – well, I saw his workout video too. I mean, they, 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 come on. I mean, tackling this guy? Terrible. I mean, I had big backs. Probably the biggest back uh, I had to tackle back when I was playing was Christian Okoye from the Chiefs, who was a monster as well. But as I've always said, being on the D-line, you don't catch as much of the brunt from the big backs because they're, you know – they're not building up as much speed yet by the time I would get a tackle. It's when these guys turn the corner, you know, or get to that second or third level that, you know, you start the DB start making business decisions on which way they want to go. You want to you know, dive at the ankles or you want to get yourself stiff armed into the turf. Uh, so it will be interesting there. We'll see what happens. You mentioned, too, the draft with some of the running backs that are out there. You had two in the first round this time around. I don't think that's going to happen here. You know, we talked about Jonathan Brooks, I believe, the top rated. He's coming off an injury uh, as well. So you're going to be able to get better value. And everybody, a lot of people look at Isaiah Pacheco, a seventh rounder, and what he's done in Kansas City certainly helps having Mahomes and the other talent around you. But still, he came in and he took over that job, and he isn't going to give it up for God knows how long. So you certainly can find value at that position as well. So it is there's a glut of running backs and we'll see how many spaces there are for all the running backs out there. 
Yeah, it's unfortunately the worst, saddest game of musical chairs out there. I feel for these dudes yeah. because we see yep. how important they are for teams. Uh, you know, I've, they were guys I love blocking for. Running backs are some of the hardest working people in any organization because of what they're asked to do on a down-in, down-out basis. But unfortunately, we live in an NFL where all of the money, time, and attention is absorbed toward the quarterback position. And Claudia, that's where we got to look next because Peter King, God love him, announces his retirement <laughs> yesterday and gives all of us a parting gift on the way out. Yeah, last call, he wanted to get real poetic with it, guys. So he said that the way that was the way the wind was blowing in terms of the Bears trading away the number one pick and keeping their quarterback. Now, the odds makers, Vegas doesn't know everything, but they have set the lines for this market. So they say the Falcons are the favorite to get fields. The Bears are close at plus 150, but we have to talk about this column. His last one, he just drops the mic and says, this is what I think. It's speculation, but that's just the way the wind is blowing. So where do you guys think the wind is blowing? Is, is he on with this one? Is Peter King uh, right with this? So I saw Dan Patrick talking about this yesterday, and I believe Dan is right. Peter King is not some hot take artist. This is not a guy who's just going to, I think, right. say this without having some backing and have talked to a bunch of people. We know Peter's been one of the most well-connected journalists in the sport for a long, long time now. And so when he starts supposing out loud about this, I would imagine this is not, and this is no discredit to him, an original idea. This is something that he's heard from enough people to feel like throwing into his final Monday, uh, Monday morning in football piece. Uh, Dad, I, I would look at this and say and caution everybody to be careful about anything you hear related to Justin Fields and the yeah. number one overall pick right now. We are in smokescreen season. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Arizona Cardinals fans feeling a little deja vu yesterday the team posted a picture of Kyler Murray with the caption our franchise quarterback now why is that deja vu well Josh Rosen back in 2019 he enters the chat like hold on wait a minute you guys said this about me then head coach Kingsbury said yeah that's our guy that was in February and then in April what do they do guys went and drafted number one overall pick in Kyler Murray so Everybody sort of knew this was a lie, and now I'm looking at this post like, is this a lie too? And not that odds makers know, but just so you know, Murray was the minus 600 favorite to go to Arizona. So Vegas saw that tweet, and they were like, we don't believe it. And now I'm looking at this tweet, and I don't know if I believe it. Do you guys? No, I think the lie detector test has determined that this is a lie uh, in terms of it repeating history. Like, it, it seemed weird, the timing, because... There was no extension signed here. It wasn't like they did anything or changed his contract. He wasn't someone they were bringing from the outside looking in. So everyone's wondering, what the hell is the timing on this? And to your point, Claudia, this is a bad relationship history for the Arizona Cardinals, right? The past, in a lot of people's minds, might have been predictive. It's hard to run from getting memed into oblivion the way that they did. But, Dad, ultimately, I think this is just the opposite. This is actually... If we're gonna go, um, if we're gonna go love languages here, I think this would be words of affirmation in a way that I'm actually believing from the Arizona Cardinals, and more of a signal that hey, we'd like someone to come up and get this number four overall pick in the draft because we think that you should think one of these other quarterbacks is valuable enough to come up here and give us some fun assets so we can keep building around Kyler Murray. That's my read. What's yours, Dad? Well, listen. My read is every team should do exactly what they need to do to try and fool another team into doing something they don't want to do. I mean, that's that's what this game is. So you don't believe a word anybody says. I do believe Kyler Murray is going to be the quarterback for the Cardinals next year. I do believe that. He came in and he played pretty well uh, toward the end of the year. Remember, he missed. A, he only played, I think, eight games last year coming off the injury from the year before, and we even wondered if he was going to play at all. Because remember, he had that that same thing that yeah. Denver wanted Russell Wilson to get rid of. Kyler Murray has an injury clause for about $28 million that if he got hurt and didn't pass a physical next year, it would be guaranteed. So we thought, this guy's not going to see the field. They don't want to pay him that. But I think he's going to be the guy there, Mike, whether that's right or wrong. I, I actually believe he is going to be their quarterback. And what a road. When this guy signed that deal, there was that actual clause the Cardinals, for those that don't remember, the Cardinals put in the clause that he had to do extra studying outside of the facility, X amount, X amount of hours of extra studying. We were all like, what the hell is this? Number one, why is it in a contract? And number two, man, you made it public. So I... It was a stunning move to me by the Cardinals, and it was the Cardinals who ones somebody put it out there because there's no reason Kyler Murray would put that out there. Um, but I, I do think he is going to be the quarterback there. Now, quarterback of the future going on after this year, I don't know. 
Uh, but I think at least this year he's going to be. Yeah, he's still in the midst of that massive extension, five years, $230 million that he signed back in the spring of 2022. And, Dad, you're right. It was a little bit of trepidation there for a while, and that was the old regime, right? That was Steve Kime still at GM. That was Cliff Kingsbury still at head coach when all of that went on with the homework clause. And you had Jonathan Cannon come in and pew, pew, pew his way into America's hearts and then actually seemed to get the best out of Kyler Murray in the back half of the season. Like, the most important thing for me, Dad, wasn't what we saw on the field, which was actually very akin to the old Kyler Murray for a guy coming off a knee yeah. injury to still move the way he did, which has always been such a big part of Kyler's game. Who's been a multi-time pro bowler in addition to all of this and a guy that played well enough to get one of those contracts. He was extremely mobile, but the most important thing to me was we didn't hear a peep about any of the other stuff. The questions about Kyler Murray leadership, no. the questions about maturity surrounding stuff like the homework clause that led to that, because where there's smoke, there's fire, I'm sure, to some extent. And so it does seem like there was some maturing that went on there. Dad, as you were talking, though, the tinfoil hat on me really went on here. Walk with me on this because I felt a little crazy. All right. Everyone knew when that post went up exactly the Josh Rosen post from the last time around here. We all remembered right. that and all immediately went, wait a minute, does this mean something? What if it did mean something? What if it's actually like a deep state signal to other people that we are open for business when it comes to Kyler Murray and that you should be worried about his future because the tweet last time signal we are worried about that quarterback's future here. And so this is not a green light for people to come for the number one, number four overall pick. It's actually a green light for people to call them inquiring about Kyler Murray and see if they might like him for their future quarterback. What do you think about that? Well, that would be interesting, but then, but then the question always asked is, okay, is 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 if our quarterback's available, uh, you know, we're we're listening to the phone ring, we'll answer it. What are they doing for a quarterback then? I mean, they're sitting in the four slot out of the top three, which is supposedly going quarterback. So, as we always say, it's the most important position on the field. What is their game plan for the quarterback position? maybe draft JJ McCarthy at four. I don't know, dad. I'm just starting to begin. Oh. This is just the wins. You know what? I when in doubt. If I feel uh, like oh. saying something right, that Peter. could be potentially controversial, I'm just going to Peter King it and just say, you know what? The winds are blowing right now. And they're telling me that the Cardinals could potentially be shopping Kyler Murray. That's I think going to be the, uh, the mode of transportation from now on for the takes. We're going to go with the wind. I, well, listen, Everybody knows out there, don't believe a word. We're going to hear, you're going to hear so many headlines up until the draft that you don't believe. And I believe for me, I, the winds blowing for me say Kyler Murray is going to be the quarterback there and they are going to get him a franchise receiver in Marvin Harrison Jr. after the quarterbacks go one, two, three, which it seems at this point that if he's going to be your quarterback, which I think he is, get him more help on the outside, and that would be Marvin Harrison Jr. So after all the smoke is blown everywhere, I think this one settles into what we think it's going to be. Yeah, I am fascinated to actually watch what the Cardinals do in this draft because all jokes aside and the wind blowing aside, I actually think Kyler Murray, if we get more of what we saw last year, now he's going to have a healthy offseason with this entire coaching staff and be able to go through everything that he couldn't last year while he was rehabbing. It looked pretty good, and Jonathan Gannon and what he was able to squeeze out of that team last year. Remember, Arizona was one of the yep. feistiest outs in football at the beginning of the season. Had yep. that upset win over the Dallas Cowboys that got everyone talking. 
this is a team that could be playing and dead the NFC West. We talked about this a lot with the AFC North, which is still probably going to be the premier division in football this upcoming season, especially when you add a healthy Joe Burrow back into the mix. But you look at the NFC West all of a sudden, you've obviously got the 49ers fresh off another Super Bowl appearance. The Rams, who I am buying as much 2024 Rams stock as anybody can humanly hold after what we saw from this season. You can't give me enough of that stuff right now. I think that team's going to be that good coming up into this season. And you've got Mike McDonald taking over the helm for the Seattle Seahawks with Ryan Grubb at coordinator now and Geno Smith still back under center there. And the Cardinals lurking in the distance where all of a sudden, depending Uh, on how this draft goes in this offseason acquisition period, could at the very least make themselves an average team, which, man, if you throw an average team into the mix with the rest of that group, that division's going to be hell in a cell again like it used to be. I, I agree. Uh, I agree. And that's why I, another reason I, I do think they're going to, we're going to see what they're going to build with Kyler Murray, with adding a receiver like uh, Marvin Harrison. Remember they had a first year uh, uh, offensive coordinator in Drew Petzing last year who came over from Cleveland and didn't really get to work with Kyler Murray, right? Kyler Murray was rehabbing in the offseason. You know, it was Josh Dobbs, it was Clayton Toon that were taking, you know, playing a lot that year. And obviously, Kyler Murray played the eight games. So now you get that full offseason together where Murray's healthy and can work with the OC and they can work together now. I'll be interested to see what the numbers are for Kyler Murray going forward as he's not dealing with an injury, as he's just preparing with this OC on what they're going to do this year. But I agree. You know, we said last year they were a tough out. They should be better this year. Yeah, I agree. And Drew Pretzing did a hell of a job, got Kyler Murray under center, did a lot of different things we hadn't seen from him previously in a Cardinals uniform that really started to make it seem like, all right, there could be a really high ceiling for this yet again, like we thought. to talk about high-end prospects skipping the combine we might as well lean into more combine coverage around here yesterday we did a little three cone drill with you guys and gave you a few prospects we thought could break the bank and break our minds running at the nfl combine dad now we'll head to the vertical jump and see who's in the potential spot to make the biggest leap this upcoming week at the combine right now and what better place to stick than at quarterbacks where like we had talked about with claudia last segment you've got guys like caleb williams and uh, Jaden Daniels that aren't going to be participating in certain events at the combine going to opt for their pro day. But dead the rest of this quarterback class becomes really compelling as we head into this weekend. You've got guys like J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and Bo Nix that are going to throw and compete at the combine. But of the rest of the list of quarterbacks for this upcoming year, and we've got guys like our own Sam Hartman from Notre Dame, Joe Milton at Tennessee, Spencer Rattler out of South Carolina, Is there anyone that you look at, Dad, and has that potential to move into either maybe a day one pick or a guy that's all of a sudden a value on day two or day three that could really make an impact? Well, I think that that's, you know, we we saw from a Brock Purdy. Now, we don't always expect that being Mr. Irrelevant, going all the way back to Tom Brady being in the sixth, sixth round and some of the great quarterbacks that weren't taken in the first round and the value to them. You know, let's pick someone like a Sam Hartman who won't be a first-round quarterback. But when you're going later in the draft, you have the potential to go to a better team, just like Brock Purdy did, right? 
you know, where, where you're a smart quarterback with a good arm that can pick up a system, and then you go in and you flourish in the league like Purdy is doing. So that's the benefit to the quarterbacks that you've mentioned. No, I don't see any of them popping up to the first round uh, that you mentioned after the initial group. Um, and, 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 and that's okay. I, I think that's fine. I mean, second round, fourth round, fifth round, whatever at that point, now it's it's the team because you see these top picks and who they're going to, uh, they're going to bad teams. You know, so if you go later in that draft, you could potentially go to a better team and sit for a little bit and kind of get the system, and that can help you. So um, for, from that group, I think it's fine to go later in the draft and kind of get your bearings a little bit because the guys that go in the beginning, you're going to be asked to do the job right away. And of that group, I mean – there's a few question marks to me. I've seen all these guys. You obviously in college, calling college games have seen them more. Let me start with a Drake May. I see him throwing a lot of long balls. I know they needed to in Carolina, but he did do that. And it seems the short ball is more the way in the NFL. Now he throws a nice deep, you know, deep middle of the field, which the middle of the field or crossing routes in the NFL is monster nowadays. But, you know, we're just kind of slotting Drake May in there. Is that a concern for you at all? that it's a lot of deep balls and that's just not the NFL today. No, because I think it still could be. And having a quarterback who's got great deep ball accuracy and touch the way he does, I think is always something you'd like to start with there. So Drake, I mean, the only concern for me is that he had to do so much of it under duress there. And maybe do you internalize bad habits? Like we've talked about with Caleb Williams too. So I, I going through and watching these guys, dad, I feel really good about Caleb and Drake as 1-2 and really 1A, 1B as far as the quarterbacks you're going to evaluate there. I do think there's a little gap with Jaden Daniels at the third spot there. And then after that becomes really interesting, and this is kind of the area where we talk about guys who could potentially be risers. J.J. McCarthy's been the first name out of everyone's mouth here because yep. Jim Harbaugh's been telling everyone he's the best quarterback in this draft and the best quarterback in Michigan history because he's toolsy. Because I think, quite honestly, Dad, Kurt Warner brought it up the other day online it's difficult to evaluate a lot of quarterbacks now because you're not watching them run a lot of NFL stuff in college. People have had this reckoning with the USC offense as they've evaluated Caleb Williams. I've seen a lot of draft Twitter looking at USC and what Lincoln Riley was running there and going, what the hell are we doing with this style of offense? And so if everyone reckons with that, I do think there's something to the fact that you're going to look at a guy like JJ McCarthy who ran for lack of a better terms, a grown up offense at Michigan with a lot of the things you're asked to do before the snap with some of the formations they use, getting them under center. It's a little bit easier to project. Even if dad, I just look and you go back and watch him. There's not enough reps at a lot of the things that you want to see out of a quarterback where right. there is some inconsistency that shows up in certain places, but man, there are some high level throws throws under duress. Like we talked about with Caleb and Drake, where this guy does a few things physically every game that only a handful of guys can do. So I understand what's enticing. Even if for me, I wouldn't be comfortable staking my job on it the first round yeah I, I agree with you he's shown enough to say boy this could be something at the next level but not in a great quantity unlike a like a Michael Penix who is throwing the ball all yeah. over the yard I still think Penix has such maybe the best you know touch of anybody out there now there's concern over what he does when he's under pressure and we've seen uh, him struggle there but I'm a huge Penix fan. I, I think he's going to do well at the next level. The J.J. McCarthy one, I'm with you, is kind of the biggest head-scratcher because he hasn't been asked to do a ton of it, and he'll be asked to do it a lot more at the next level. 
Uh, so I, I, I don't know because I'm with you. I don't know if I could stake my, my, my prediction on that and say, yeah, I, I'm going to take this guy, you know, in the top 10 of the draft and make him my quarterback. I'm just, I'm just not sure, but he certainly seems to be impressing people left and right. I mean, there's all, you know, Joe Milton with the strong arm, the kid from Tennessee, Spencer Rattler, we all thought was going to be this top quarterback, you know, and, and he's, you know, shifted teams and faded down a little bit. So for these guys to go and, and take whatever you want from the combine or from the pro day, but you're going to get, you know, a couple of handfuls of quarterbacks who are going to go there and really try and prove something at the combine. Let me tell you what, first off, Spencer Rattler, you mentioned he has got an absolute howitzer strapped to his shoulder. Like if he's throwing at the combine, I haven't looked, I'm assuming he is watching that thing come out is different that guy throws the ball like he wants to hurt everyone catching it but joe milton's the one college football fans we've been doing the joe milton dance for years now where every offseason we watch him throw an orange 300 yards or do a backflip and we all lose our freaking mind he's anthony richardson level physical talent but we never really saw it come together and the nfl i mean he's gonna blow up the combine i would not be stunned if he's a massive story coming off the combine because he does a bunch of very freaky stuff there but it's always proceed with caution on that one the name that you mentioned dad that i think is most interesting in the brock purdy effect era where people i wonder are going to look at some more veteran quarterbacks if you can get a little bit more value michael Penix jr is the one that jumps to me and i saw the other day um I think it might have been Jim Nagy, the uh, the former scout, obviously the head of the senior Reese's Senior Bowl, point out that said if an NFL team's really sure on a guy, like especially a wide receiver, they're all kind of secretly hoping he runs slow at the combine so that other teams kind of go off the scent. And they know, hey, game speed's faster than that. We don't have to worry about that stuff, but other people obsessed with the measurables are going to be turned off by that. I do wonder if there's a good gaggle of NFL teams that were secretly pretty thrilled at how Michael Penix Jr. came back down to earth a little bit in the national championship game versus remember the conversations we were having after they beat Texas in the college football semifinal. Where, wow, my God, why isn't Michael Penix Jr. being talked about for the number one quarterback? And how did you all miss this? A bunch of people who had never watched Washington telling people who had watched Washington what they missed not watching Washington. All of that suddenly comes back down to earth. And now you've got a guy that I don't think is going to be a first rounder. Like you've mentioned, there could be five quarterbacks taken in the first round. I really don't know with Michael Penix Jr.'s injury history, two shoulder injuries, two knee injuries. I don't know if anyone's going to be comfortable enough with those medicals in the first round, but all of a sudden he starts to slip a little bit. And you've got a guy that's running an offense that was so sexy. The Seahawks decided to call Ryan Grubb up from Alabama, where he had just been getting settled in to bring him up there. He's run NFL stuff. He's thrown to NFL receivers. The stuff under pressure is somewhat of a concern, but he's operated offenses that require a lot of you from the neck up. I do think he could be one of those guys where, Hey, you get him into the right situation and a veteran player who might have some physical limitations at this point because of injury, all, all of a sudden could have a chance to pop i'm a big fan of his I, I i'm with you that's the guy i'm looking at to see what happens with him i just picked an arbitrary mock draft because everybody does one and the latest one i looked at has five quarterbacks going in the first round the three we keep talking about and then jj mccarthy and bo bo nix watch for a quarterback watch for a team to move up into the back half of the first round and grab a quarterback as well because remember there's a difference that first round it's four years with an option. So you get that quarterback on the fifth-year option as well. So sometimes that's why you'll see a guy, a team jump up into the back of the first round and grab one to get that possible extra year with them.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're talking hoops now, and LeBron James wants his money. He wants a multi-year, nine-figure deal, and when you think about it, he probably deserves it. But the question is, where is he going to be? Because rumors are rumbling in the Lakers world in L.A., and he says himself, I don't know where I'm going to be. I don't know how much longer I have. So we're all just sort of guessing at this point. And Brian Winhurst went on ESPN's first take and said, I think I have an idea. He's going the Peter King route. I think I have an idea of what might be good for LeBron James, but he doesn't really know. But it's interesting to see what he had to say. First off, I think LeBron is angling to sign a multi-year deal in the offseason with the Lakers that will be nine figures, that will be even bigger than the deal he is on now. Now, whether or not he's able to finish that deal, whether or not the Lakers want to give him a three-year contract and pay him $60 million when he's 42 years old, that's a different discussion. And I actually believe some of the stuff he's saying right now isn't just about this team. It's about already negotiating the contract. But the Lakers are in position to make a big swing at a trade this summer. A big swing, possibly, but also right now they're favored to miss the playoffs. Massive favorites to be in the play-in. So it's just sort of a mess over there. Curious what you guys think on this whole thing. Obviously, he deserves the money. Does he want to be in L.A.? Does it really depend where Bronny goes? Should Bronny even be in the NBA? No. What's your take on this situation? 
<laughs> the Stugats very strong and Claudia right there. Just no, but you know, we'll we'll keep that moving there. And Claudia, you're right though. Incredibly complicated ecosystem surrounding LeBron James right now. And so we need to call in a little bit of added muscle here for some help and bring in one of our friends, basketball podcaster herself, Charlotte Wilder for a Wilder Wednesday on a Tuesday, the co-host of Oddball with Amin El Hassan. And Charlotte, the bat signal for LeBron James talk goes off and you just appear. Uh-oh. Oh, buddy, you're muted. Muted. You're muted. I did it again, oh. folks. <clears throat> you did the it again. The astronaut is just <laughs> living on yeah. the astronaut's living on the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who who do not know my strategy, when something goes wrong, I pretend I'm an astronaut. Uh, but the problem is you have to know something's going wrong to be able to be the astronaut. So <laughs> apologies <laughs> to everybody. Uh, no, what I was saying is that in sports media, there actually is a bat signal. It's just um, LeBron's logo, which nobody even knows what it is. So it's just sort of a crown. And you're like, oh, God, he's at it again. Um, I I actually think this makes sense from his perspective, if this is true, if what Wintorst is saying, if he wants this multi-year many dollars deal, um, because the Lakers make so much money off of having LeBron. Like any team that has LeBron is going to make so much money. It doesn't matter if he's 42. Like he's such a legendary player that I see where what what he's going for. I think the question becomes for the teams that are in the running to have him or for the Lakers specifically, it's like, okay, how are you going to win now with this guy because he is he's not young anymore. And if, if locking him up means that you're going to give up space that you would need for younger players that, you know, it becomes a whole lot of math, which I'm not very good at, which I rely on people like you guys to tell me if you think that's correct or not. But, but I, I, I get it. I get it. Right. Like he wants his money. Well, well, I, I, I get, I get it from the side of the marketing because, you know, Lakers brand, LeBron brand, I get it both here and internationally of what it could bring. And if you skip, because just the thought of paying, if you do a longer term deal, a 42 year old LeBron James, 50, $60 million, it doesn't seem like the right thing to do from a fiscal standpoint, but from a fiscal standpoint, it does look like the Lakers can make that up because of the brand of both of them. So, Mike, I would actually go the other way and say, is this the right thing to do for the basketball team, though, when going forward? Because every year LeBron's on the team, that's what you're doing. You're just just taking that year. What do we do this particular year? Because even if he signs an extension, we don't know if he's playing all those years. So it's like Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay. It's one year. Load up for the one year. I know they have draft capital over the summer to try and make next year a big year. So then if he signs the extension, then you're trying to do that again the year after. That, that to me, is the trouble that you run into. I, it's kind of it's tough. You're between a rock and a hard place. You have one of the greatest of all time who, who can make you a lot of money and make your brand even bigger. And then there's what's on the basketball court. Can you build that for so that they're not in the play-in, you know, even just to try to get into the playoffs? Yeah, I think in next summer, they're going to be able to have their cake and eat it too with the resources they're going to have having the three first round picks to be able to use there. But this is also an organization. What's the common refrain that we've heard ever since the trade deadline talking about LeBron James is 
from Rich, and I heard it was Rich Paul on with Stephen A. Smith on his podcast saying, the Lakers have been great. This is an organization that loves to treat its star players very well. And I understand LeBron James is not the same Lakers tenure as the guy I'm about to mention. But remember that last Kobe Bryant contract? That wasn't a good basketball contract for them. That was a ton of money going out to a player that was sort of a lifetime achievement contract. It was a thank you for your services rendered to this organization while the basketball team was missing the postseason and getting to the point where they hit that doldrum of of a competition that lasted really until LeBron James ended up in a Lakers uniform. So Charlotte's not far-fetched to say that this organization is in the business of dealing out contracts that are sort of a payment for what you've done. And LeBron James, whether people want to dismiss it because it was in the bubble or not, hung another banner and state percent banner in Staples Center and that means something around those parts yeah I mean look the Lakers are the biggest brand in basketball uh LeBron is the uh, second biggest brand in basketball so you would have you know from an economic standpoint I'm I'm not an econ major but two big business things would make me think that that's one even bigger business thing um you're gonna have butts and seats no matter whether you know LeBron is iced up with you know, icy hot running up and down his body or in his veins or not. Like, I I just think I I would have a very hard time as the Lakers being like, you know what, we're going to let you head on out Um, because it feels like that's just not something you do when you have LeBron and when you're maybe the last team that's going to have LeBron, you get a farewell tour. Oh my God. Can you talk? Do you know how many hot dogs they're selling at a LeBron farewell tour? Nobody talks about this enough. So, Charlotte, you don't believe then for a minute the seesawing LeBron was doing around All-Star Weekend where he said he's not sure if he wants to have a farewell tour or not. LeBron James, the architect of the decision and many other bold basketball moves off the court, somehow would forego the final round. I find that the hardest thing to believe. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, LeBron, producer of Space Jam. Like you're in movies, you have Spring Hill <laughs> Entertainment. I'm look. I'm impressed. I think it's incredible. He's an amazing businessman. Yeah. He's amazing. Show loved him in Trainwreck. Like you're telling me this guy who is an actor, who is literally an actor. I'm not saying that as any pejorative. Like I admire him Trainwreck. greatly. I wish I had his his gravitas in scenes. Um, You're telling me that he is going to pass up a chance to have a whole season of a movie like a farewell tour is just a movie that lasts a whole season where you're the main character and hopefully not a whole lot happens. And that's what people want. And so I just no, no, I don't believe it for a second, Mike. I don't believe it for a second. And you know what? And there's nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, I, I think a lot of people would want that. But yeah, to hear him say, I'm not sure if I want it, 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 I think a whole lot of people are kind of chuckling behind the scenes saying, yeah, sure, sure, you're not going to want to do that because I I think it would be great for the league, quite honestly. One of my favorite things about about LeBron, yes, I totally agree, Senior. I think it would be, I I would love it. I would be bummed if we didn't get a LeBron farewell tour, partly because I'm in the business of content and it would give us a whole lot of it. Secondly, because LeBron, my favorite LeBron is sort of coy LeBron, is LeBron who's being like, maybe I will, maybe I won't. You're not going to know. And then we're always like, well, I'm pretty sure you will. Like, it's just, like whatever yeah. it is, like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure you're going to do it. Um, so also, Senior, you and I matched today. I didn't. We look very nice. We do. <laughs> Thanks for the call before the show. I appreciate that yeah, very any, much. Anytime. Sorry, Mike, we left you out. <laughs> 
Guys, this might just yeah, be did. the uh, ex-ESPN employee just pulsing in my body, but I this is erupting from my cells at this point as we talk about a LeBron James multi-year deal is, and this is Peter King, just the wind's talking here. Maybe this is LeBron James' understanding. Bronny needs a little bit more time to cook at USC before he's going to be ready to go, and so mm. he's got to hold on for a couple extra years here in Southern California because the other thing we saw pop up yesterday, peak LeBron James is now a since-deleted tweet where he quote-tweeted NBA Central, one of those aggregator accounts, tweeted out about how ESPN had removed Bronny James from its 2024 mock draft and now projects him in the 2025 mock draft, saying he's going to need another year at USC. And as Claudia pointed out at the top of this segment, Bronny's production at USC right now has not looked like a guy who's ready to go to the NBA just yet. And so you had LeBron James quote-tweet it with this. Can y'all please just let the kid be a kid and enjoy college basketball? The work and results will ultimately do the talking no matter what he decides to do. If y'all don't know, he doesn't care what the mock draft says. He just works, earned, not given. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.